I just want my husband to pray over all of us because he just prayed over me and I have him pray over me every day because it's my favorite. I just wanted to pray just for this morning and just for all Jesus is going to do. Jesus, we just, uh, we just thank you for your sweet presence today. We just thank you for what you're already doing here in this room, Lord. We thank you that your presence is here. And when we invite your presence in, things change. People change. Circumstances change. So Jesus, I just pray that you just anoint my wife's words today, Lord, that she would just speak your truth and your word and that your presence would just continue to fall in Jesus' name and that your love would fill this room, that people would leave today just being changed and renewed and filled by your love and your presence. But Jesus, we just love you. We just thank you for this place, these people, this community, and what you're doing, God. That every day, just we just get to see more of your goodness and your favor over this house and over this community, Lord. So we just thank you. We invite you in. And I just pray a blessing over my wife. And I just thank you for all the gifts that she carries and that she walks in. I just pray that you just bring them to light right now in Jesus' name. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, we just had, yeah, it should, if you hold that, it should go. We just had a wonderful privilege. I love you more. He's the best. He is. It's worth waiting. Because Jesus is faithful. It's worth waiting because Jesus is faithful. And he gives us the best gifts because he cares. He cares. Amen. Goes to every area of life. It's worth waiting. If you're in the waiting, it's worth it. If it's not really good yet, just wait. It's about to get incredible. Better than you could think, dream, or imagine. Because that's how Jesus works. It's who he is. And I really do believe, I loved all the things that you were doing at mid-service. I was like, well, there's the message. Hallelujah. I just believe that God... He's a miracle-working God. He is who he says he is. We were blessed as a community, as a family, that we get to come, we get to worship together. You know, this Sunday we were singing songs that he's our shepherd, he's our keeper, he's our provider, our protector, and we don't know, Taylor's mom just passed away and she's up here singing, I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. Fear will never conquer me because I belong to Jesus. And there's nothing like being a part of the body of Christ. There's nothing like it. That we as a family, we get to come together, we get to weep together, we get to rejoice together, we celebrate, we do it all together unto him, we come to know him, we declare he is wonderful, he is worthy, and then we as a, as a collective group together get to behold him. 
We get to watch his miracle working power time and time again. We get to see precious babies, twins, after how many years of waiting? 22. After 22 years of waiting, we then see twins, Jesus. 22 years of, I'm holding on to the truth. I've seen it, Jesus. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then he goes, all right, double portion. You get two. Because <laughs> he's that good. He is altogether lovely. He is altogether wonderful. That's our Jesus. That is our Jesus. And he wants to be known today. I might have you hang here for just a second, Jared. Just a phrase that's been stirring in my spirit so much. Um, Heidi Baker said this one time. She said, there's always enough because Jesus died. There is always enough because Jesus died. There is always enough because Jesus died. For each and every one of us today, there is always enough because Jesus died. Whatever circumstance you're in, Whatever the situation, there is always enough because Jesus died. We want to see your hands, Jesus. We want to see your feet. hands that said that we were worth it. Your hands that speak of life, of restoration, of hope. So Jesus, I pray that we would see you today. that we would see you today, that we would know in the deepest places of our heart that there's always enough because Jesus died. Oh. It's just true. He's the great revivalist. It's not us. He's the great evangelist. He's wonderful. That's what's happening on the earth right now, and there's nothing like it. The Asbury revival that's happening is glorious. It's wonderful. And you know what it is? It's people beholding Jesus. <laughs> it's people beholding him. So I love about this, they talk about, you know what, this revival, what I've heard, I have quite a few friends who've been there, and this is what's so wonderful. 
Jesus loves people so much. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Jesus loves people. He loves us. This revival that's taking place, it's, it's led by Gen Z, which is our younger generation. You know, if you've been aware of things that have happened, they talk about Gen Z has the worst statistics, you know, of any of the generations yet. Highest suicide rates. It's the least, like, the most ungodly generation, they would say. But God. <laughs> God's like, oof. Man, those are my kids, and they just don't know yet, but they're going to know. <laughs> oh, there's no hype to it. It's just Jesus. He's holy. He's wonderful. You don't have to add anything. He doesn't need us to fluff things up. He's, he's more than enough. And I love it because we're... Things have looked ugly. Things have looked hopeless. You know, where sin has been abounding in this generation, grace is abounding all the more. <laughs> it is. Where sin abounds, grace abounded all the more. We're seeing it right now. Right now. That's what I love about this revival more than anything it just you get the heart of God it's not about man worship has gone on for this many hours you want to know why worship has gone on for this many hours because they they're beholding Jesus it's him he cares things have seemed hopeless for a younger generation but Jesus goes wow I love them I am coming back for a pure and spotless bride and those are my kids and I'm jealous for them and I'm going to go after them and God is moving because he's that good. He's that good. Religion always complicates what Jesus made simple. Bobby Connor said that one time. I was, it was one of those things that Bobby Connor said and he's, when he speaks, he speaks really fast. He blah, 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 blah. But he said that religion always complicates what Jesus made simple. Jesus loves people. His love is relentless. It's fierce. It's perfect. He's wonderful. He's so good. He really is life itself. He's the resurrection and the life. I was having a conversation with someone someday. One day. It was one day, not someday. We're sitting there, we're talking about Jesus. And I was like, he's just, you know, he's so good. I think of any good thing that's in my life, the things I care about most, he made them. It just shows you how much he loves us. My husband's the best. And God made him. He made him. And 
He knew that my husband could love me in ways that no one else could. And it just makes you feel so known and loved by Jesus that he'd care enough. And it's just, it's so humbling to know that's how much Jesus loves us. Think of the things that bring you the most joy in life. You know, you you go outside and and, and you see the most beautiful sunrise. You see the mountains. He made that. Those things that bring us joy, that bring us delight. He made it because he loved us. He created us with emotion so that we could intimately know him. He is life itself. He's the source. He's so good. And sometimes you have to remind yourself, you have to think the big picture. It's like the things I love most, I look at, there's just like my family, so many precious people that when I'm with them, I'm like, oh, you make me so happy. And before the foundations of the earth, he was forming these people that would get to bring so much joy to my heart because he loved us and he cared. It's even those details that just make you feel so known and loved by a living God who cares. Sorry. All right. And I just haven't stopped crying today because he's real. Because he's real. And that's good news. And he wants to be even more real to each and every one of us today. So Lord, we direct our attention to you. I say open up our eyes to see, open up our ears to hear, open up our hearts to understand. And I pray that people physically would experience you It have visions, dreams that we would see you, Jesus. Amen. Let's go to Matthew eleven. Sorry, verse twenty eight. Thank you, Jared. All right. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I have to blow my nose. Those are things you just don't want to hear in a microphone. There's always enough because Jesus died. And religion always complicates what Jesus made simple. Come to me, all of you who are weary, carry heavy burdens, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Who was going to teach us? Jesus. Yes. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is... The burden that Jesus gives is light. So if the burden we're carrying isn't very light, it's a reminder for us, okay, huh? Maybe I'm doing something in my own strength. There's always enough because Jesus died. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah. Some of my friends from other parts of the country would say. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet, the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. 
And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. That's our Jesus. That's what's beautiful about the Bible. That's in the Old Covenant, you know? We're in the Old Testament, and it's saying, and here is grace. Here is Jesus. It just, the last, the last verse, the last sentence got me. He bore the sins of many, and he interceded for rebels. Because that's how good Jesus is. He was interceding for rebels, for those little punks. He was interceding. Those who were building up their testimony, he is interceding. He's like, Gen Z, you're going to be suicide free by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> Woo! Oh, it's just really simple. Jesus is more than enough. His yoke is easy, his burden's light, and when it's feeling heavy, we're probably trying to save the world ourselves. We're trying to fix people ourselves. Oh, it's hard. And then we're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. God, you're really good. God, you love America so much. God, you love our children so much. God, you're working everything out for good. Jesus, your blood is interceding for us now. You're a high priest who's interceding for us now. Acts 3, 19. Hannah's so on it up there. Look at that girl. She's a champ. Come on, Gen Z. All right, Acts 3. What did I say? 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. That's what we're seeing right now. That's what's happening. Is there are people who are turning from their sins. They're repenting. And his sweet presence is just refreshing. It's restoring. That's why people don't want to leave Asbury. You have all these kids who are like, I've been searching and I didn't know. But now I do. I'm turning to God. They're you know, standing up in front of all their peers, and they're, they're repenting. They're being real, and they're getting washed by the blood of the Lamb. They're experiencing the reality of the goodness of God, the gospel. 
that God wants to change your life. He wants to free you up. He wants to wash you from the muck, the junk that's going on. He wants you to be real, to repent, to turn, and that he will refresh you. He will restore you. He will renew you. And that's what's happening. That's revival. Thank you, Jesus. Revival's not just that we worshiped for hours and hours and hours, because we could do that. Revival is people repenting and turning to God. And that's what's happening. And that's good news. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians. I feel like I have the same message I preach every time, but it's because it's the timeless message of the gospel. And we gotta wash ourselves in it every day. Or else we start realizing that I'm carrying burdens that Jesus already paid for. And he's way better at it than I am. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, Even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Woo! For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. I believe. I believe. That's why we sing these songs. We're reminding ourselves of the truth. This is who he is. We're declaring this is what he's done. Sorry. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpieces. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. so We can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You gotta remind yourself and you say it with confidence. But God is so rich in mercy. Things look tough. But God is so rich in mercy. And He loves us so much that this is what He already did. We make our boasts in the Lord. Who? He really wants to work everything out for good. Do you believe it? I do too. 
And I have to remind myself of it all the time. Because sometimes my yoke is getting heavy. And then I'm like, wait, that's my yoke. Put on his yoke. He's rich in mercy. He loves the world. He's here to save, redeem, restore, make all things new. He's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. That means he knows what to do when I don't know what to do. But he's given me the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. Hallelujah. (laughs) He is good. Romans 5. Verse 1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loved us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When we were what? Helpless. Not when we had it all together. Thank you, Jesus. Get an amen right there. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came. Woo, at just the right time. It's like he knows what he's doing. Right when something stupid happens at the Grammys, God's like, just wait. Just wait. I'm about to show my glory off around the world. It's a lot better than you think. He's like, all right, I'm going to move on this younger generation now. They're going to see me for who I am. They're going to set the world on blaze because I'm going to put the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead in them. And then my power is going to be dispersed all over college campuses because people are going to see Jesus rightly at just the right time. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, While we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God 
because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Our Lord has made us friends with God. That means that while you're giving birth to your baby, the presence of God's going to be in your home. He's going to move in power. It's going to be beautiful, glorious. You're a friend of God. He strengthens you. He empowers you because of what Jesus did. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be in every single area of your life. He cares. Every area. He wants you to be his friend. There is nothing like being a friend of God. He is faithful. He can love you like no one else. My husband is the best. But he can't fill spots that Jesus does. He can't. And I really realized that one time. It was um, one time. No. I like, truly, these are things that I I thought about before because you hear it. You know, we're like, there's the God spot and there's all the other spots. And it was almost that thing of like, Jesus, I want to make sure I always love you first. And this is, we were dating. It's just interesting how grief works. Um, my, my brother passed away when I was 12 and it was a long time ago. But there's one night we're sitting there and I just started weeping out of nowhere and it was like my first time of like really crying, crying in front of him too. So I'm trying to hide it. And he looks and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, I just really miss, I really wish that Cody could have met you. You know, like that grief, it just hit in that moment. It was that reality of like, man, I wish my brother could have met you. And he was so kind. He was amazing. He was comforting me, which is great. But I just remember getting in my car and just crying with Jesus. And his comfort filled I've known his comfort. I've known him as comforter. And his comfort came in, and it filled a place that only Jesus can fill. And for me, it was that moment of, okay, yep, only you can do that, Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. It wouldn't be fair for my husband to try to fill that place. He can't. But Jesus can. And it was friendship with God where I just remembered being with him. And I was like, oh, this is that comfort I know in the deepest places of my soul. I, I know your comfort. And he wants to be your friend. That's Jesus paid to restore your friendship with God again. So now we're friends of God. It's good news. I'm crying and I've been congested, so there's a lot of tissues. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 1. Verse 6. 
This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it has changed your lives from the day you first heard, heard and understood, understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved coworker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us on our behalf, on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power. Whose power? <sighs> Take that weight off yourself. I don't have to be the strong one. He will strengthen me with his power. So we pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, because he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. It's good news. I will rejoice in this because it is good, good news. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdom, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to hold it all together. I don't have to hold everyone's life together. I don't have to hold all of creation together. Thank you, Jesus, that you hold it all together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Take note of that. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, when? 
Now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault, all because of the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have, appointed, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. As a result, he has brought us into his own presence, and here we stand before him, holy and blameless, without a single fault, because of Jesus. Amen. That's a good word, Ozias. Come on, buddy. He knows. Right now, because of the blood of Jesus, that is what he has paid for. Nothing that you can do on your own. And you get to, we get to receive this as a free gift when we believe. And that's what's happening at our college campuses. People are believing. They're turning. They're repenting. They're getting Jesus. They're being filled. He's washing them. They're experiencing the, the peace of the Holy Spirit. They're becoming new creations in Christ and realizing, I don't have to do this all on my own. Jesus did it for me. <clears throat> Colossians 2, 6 through 15. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow who? him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. When we're reading these verses about what Jesus has done, is thankfulness rising up in you? It's the beauty of washing ourselves in his word. We're remembering this is what Jesus has done. We're building our lives on the truth of what he has paid for. And in that, thankfulness rises because we realize it is the beautiful free gift that Jesus paid for us. Nothing we did on our own. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding high nonsense that comes from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You also are complete through what? Your union with Christ. We get to be one with Christ because of his blood. God reconciled everything back to himself because of Jesus. And now we are one with Jesus. We are in union with him and we are complete in our union with Christ. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your old sinful nature was not yet cut away. 
But then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Thank you for the cross. And in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. That is good news. Okay, 2 Peter. We get lots of Bible. You know what's so great? We've pretty much just been reading. And we're getting washed, aren't we? We're getting washed in his word. We're getting our minds renewed. Like, oh yeah, that's right, Jesus. Thank you. Because his word is alive. It's a sword. It's sharp. It pierces us. As we're reading this, have you felt some things kind of wash off of you? Have you felt some weights like, oh, I've been trying on things on my own strength. That's the beauty of his word. It's alive. So when we read it, he sets us free. We'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Well, that's good. Wow. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Hallelujah! He's given you the ability to share his divine nature. Thank you, God. What a gift. We get to walk in that now. We get to be free now. We're actually dead to sin and alive to God because of what Jesus Christ has paid on the cross. He was perfect. He came fully God, fully man. He walked as man in union with the Holy Spirit, did only what the Father said, and he made a new way for us to be human. Thank you, Jesus. He did what only he could do. He was the only one worthy. We need him, and we get to have him, and we get to be one with him. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, take note, this is good for us, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more that we're growing in patient endurance and self-control, and brotherly affection, and love for everyone. We all need to grow in it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm being convicted as I'm reading it. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So if we are struggling in lots of areas, all of a sudden we're like, what is going on? We've all had the moments where we're like, wow, things feel really hard right now. I don't know what to do. I feel overwhelmed. I feel depressed. I feel this. So many different things. It's a good indicator for us that we've forgotten what Jesus has done and that we have already been cleansed from our old sins. So he says, remember, this is what he has done. You know, sometimes you feel stuck. You're just stuck in the struggle. Oh, this keeps happening. This keeps happening. We're to remember what he has done. Hebrews 12. How do we do this? Oops, there's my markers. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Well, let's go with verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. How do we do it? We keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Woo! He initiated my faith. He gave me a gift of faith. Everyone's been given a portion, a measure of faith, right? So we've already been given it, so that's a beautiful gift. And then he perfects our faith because he's our great champion. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He perfects our faith. We don't feel it. We keep our eyes on Jesus. What are you saying? What are you saying? And he strengthens us. He gives us faith. They do all this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. We were the joy set before him. He is our wonderful champion. There is always enough because Jesus died. I heard this phrase one time, because it talks about by his stripes, we're healed, right? We're whole, by his stripes. So in every situation, to know there was a stripe for that. When he went to the cross, there is a stripe for that, for every sickness, disease, pain, infirmity. There was a stripe so that we could have perfect joy. There was a stripe so that we could have perfect peace. There was a stripe so that we could be made whole. There was a stripe for every single thing. It's all by the blood of the lamb. There's always enough because Jesus died. By his stripes, we are whole. There is more than enough. Psalms 23, it talks about he prepared a table for us. He's prepared the table. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, the offering for our sins, that we can be made right with God. 
It was always Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one worthy in heaven to open the scroll. Jesus is more than enough. <laughs> he is. He's more than enough. He's our great high priest who literally intercedes. He prays for us. Hebrews 12, 24. It says, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and the people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. That means that Jesus' blood is continually speaking a better word. Jesus' blood is continually speaking a better word. Right now, his blood speaking a better word. Whatever the situation is, his blood is speaking a better word. <laughs> Hebrews 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which could never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Remember that for all time. Everything's just getting really bad. It's really dark now. As a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. <laughs> then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. By that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being holy, sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need for any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter God's, enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. 
So let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good words. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let's go ahead. Let's stand. I'm going to go ahead and have the servers come up now. Our Jesus is. If you felt shame, if you felt burden, you feel less than, you feel anxiety, you feel anything like that, Jesus' blood is speaking a better word. It's speaking a better word right now. It's speaking forgiveness. It's speaking redemption. It's speaking restoration. His blood is speaking hope. His blood is speaking healing. And he has prepared a table for us right now. And so what happens is sometimes we take on shame, which really what it is, is a weird form of pride. It's us saying, "Mm, what you did isn't good enough. I gotta fix it. I have to do this. I have to. It's pride. It's sin. And Jesus says, Here is my body, here is my blood. Eat, feast, receive. See my hands, see my feet, and receive. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. And as we do that, I believe that Jesus is going to set people free. I believe Jesus is going to heal I believe Jesus is going to heal marriages. He's going to heal mental disorders. I believe Jesus is going to, like I said, deliver. He's going to heal bodies. He's going to fill you with hope again. You're going to experience the love of our perfect Savior. We're going to get washed to know that His blood has cleansed us. We have, like, from a guilty conscience, we have been sprinkled. We have been washed by His blood. And so let's go ahead. I want you to go. We'll start like normal. Start from the front. Come, grab communion. Go back to your seats.
take communion to Dave as well. He's doing, he does sound. He's good. He got some. Thank you. And we'll take some to Jared too. Let me take this one. partaking of the most powerful substance in all creation. The most powerful substance in all creation. The perfect, pure blood of Jesus that is always speaking a better word. His blood speaks justification, just as if you'd never sinned. It speaks righteousness, that you put on the nature of God, what Jesus paid for. His blood speaks of healing, speaks restoration. This is the most powerful substance. 1 Corinthians 11, 
Then Jesus broke some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus, right now, we remember your body. We remember your perfect body that you took on the sins of the world in your body. And we thank you that as we take this, we declare that you are more than enough. You are more than enough, Jesus. We take this and we remember and we celebrate all that you have done. We boast in you, Jesus. We boast in you. So we thank you for your body. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this is the cup of my new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. There is always enough because Jesus died. And so we thank you for your blood right now, Jesus. We thank you that your blood speaks a better word over our families. Your blood speaks a better word over doctor's reports. Your blood speaks a better word over whatever we're experiencing. Your blood speaks a better word over the fears, over shame, whatever it is. And we come to you to receive your blood today, Jesus, to receive everything you paid for. We thank you that by your stripes, we are healed, we are whole. And so we thank you for, there's a stripe for whatever we're going through right now. There was a stripe on your back for whatever we are going through right now. And you knew that before the foundations of the world. So we thank you, we proclaim claim your goodness. We thank you for your blood that is more than enough. And as we take that, we believe that and we declare that together in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We can have our ministry team come up. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your body. We thank you for all that you've done. And I thank you that you've made a way for us to be made new. If you don't know Jesus, today's the day. You heard what he's done for you, the reality of how much he loves you. And I say today's the day to come home. He loves you. He was praying and interceding for you and you were being a rebel. Remember? 
So if you just didn't know how loved you really are, it's a perfect time to come home. It's a perfect time to come home. Is that anyone today? I'm, if, if that's you today, can you raise your hand? If you're like, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus, I want to come home today. Can you raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. He loves you. His, love speak, his blood is speaking a better word. If you could come to the front. They're going to pray for you over here. Um, like I said, if you are someone who's like, I'm ready to dedicate my life to Jesus, I want to come home today. They're going to pray for you up front. If you need healing in your body, we already declared what his blood has paid for. I want you to come. They're going to pray for you. If you, whatever it is, I don't even want to say just specific things. Whatever you need, come. Come and receive. So Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for your blood. We thank you that we are made one with you because of your blood. Thank you that your blood is continually speaking a better word. And so Jesus, we boast in you today. We receive all that you have done for us. All that you have done for us, Jesus. Thank you. Let's sing this one last time. And hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it was the blood, could have only been the blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it was the blood, could have only been. could have only been your blood. So Jesus, I pray you would bless people today as they go, that they would walk in the awareness of all that you've done, of what you paid for, Jesus. We thank you. We make our boast in you. And we say that your blood is more than enough. There's always enough because Jesus died. So I pray that we would leave with hope, with joy, with expectation of your goodness and with the boldness of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. I ask you as you leave, um, we're gonna have ministry time. It's gonna be going for a while. So if you could take conversations out to the lobby or keep conversations down low, that'd be wonderful. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.